Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year 2022. Huh, that sounds futuristic, doesn't it? Welcome to the January episodes of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host Emma Polova. We're going to have a blast this year. Today, we will chat with author Dallas Woodburn, who will announce the details of her book giveaway of Thanks, Carissa, for Ruining My Life at the end of this interview. Welcome, Dallas. How are you? Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to talk with you. Oh, I'm excited too. Okay, so in addition to being an author and a writing coach, you're also a book doula. What is that? Can you <laughs> tell us all about it? What, a, what does a book doula do? Yes, I would love to. So have you heard of a doula before, Emma? That no. um, it's So a doula is a term, I found this out when I was pregnant with my daughter three years ago. Um, a doula is, is someone who helps you give birth to a baby. So they're someone who is in the room with you, not your doctor, but just who supports you through your pregnancy and, and, and giving birth to this baby. Um, kind of like your coach, your birth coach. And so I love helping people write their books. And I hadn't thought of the metaphor of a book doula before I gave birth to my daughter. And I thought, you know, that's really what I feel like I do helping people write their books where I'm there by their side, you know, like supporting them, giving them resources, giving them um, a lot of encouragement, but you know, they're still the one that has to write the book and like give birth to their book, but I'm just there giving them like the extra nurturing support and reminding them that they can do it and they're not alone and giving them tips and advice that can help through the process. I love it. And since this is the start of a new year, let's talk about your writing goals and also tips for success in 2021. First, your goals. Yes, I loved when I saw that that's your theme for this month of January. I think that's perfect. And I love goals and I love talking about writing goals and, you know, ways that we can all um, just, I guess, approach our goals with more like joy. I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves. So, um, so I have two books coming out this year, actually, Emma. So one of them we'll talk about more is uh, my novel, Thanks, Carissa, for Ruining My Life that comes out February 8th. And then I have a short story collection coming out in July. So I'm trying to be a little bit um, like my my writing goals of generating new material for this year are a little bit less than in previous years, just because I'm trying to give myself a lot of grace and margin. Um, And I think for anyone else listening who has a book that they're marketing, I think it is smart to kind of maybe give yourself a little bit more more leeway for your generating new material. So um, I just try to write every day. Um, for even just 30 minutes. That's, that's my goal for myself um, as far as generating new material, which I, I wish it could be a lot longer of a time, but for me, just that 30 minutes is enough to get in there, get some new words down on paper and feel like I'm making progress without um, putting too much pressure on myself where it feels like um, something unmanageable that I have to try to squeeze in with a lot of other things I'm doing. Yeah. And how about your tips for success in 2022 for, uh, let's say, a newbie author who wants to become a published author in 2022? 
what would your tips for that achieving that goal? What would that be? My biggest tips would be if you can find a way to make your writing routine um, as fun or like nurturing as possible, where it's something that you will actually do consistently and dare I say, maybe even look forward to doing. So um, for me, like, like I mentioned, I think setting the bar kind of low for yourself can be helpful. So like for me, 30 minutes is like, at least I can do 30 minutes. And sometimes I do more, maybe for you, it's around that, or you have a, a word count. Um, I, I had a friend who she was talking about her goal for each day. She has to write, write at least a hundred words. Like even if she's feeling terrible, she can write a hundred words and often she'll write more than that, but it's, it's like, it gets her um, doing the writing consistently. So that would be a big tip that I would say is, is there a way that you can make it something that you do consistently that feels doable for you? And something that I do, Emma, I would love to hear if you do this. Um, I, I think you talked about this um, in past episode with like writing snacks. Uh, maybe it was in one of the NaNoWriMo episodes, like a way to kind of get yourself where um, you, you pair a snack that you love or a drink that you love with your writing time and you, you, you reward yourself with whether it's like That's little M&Ms yeah. yes. or, or something. Yes. yes. During your writing that. time. Yes. So that can make it kind of fun. If you have a favorite treat um, or for me, I love drinking tea and I have a certain type of tea that is my favorite that I only drink when I'm writing. So it's like, um, it's a special, it's, um, it's like a tropical green tea. Um, so it's, I love it. And it's like, this is my special writing to you where if I want to drink my tea, I have to do my writing. <laughs> I do the chocolates reward system. I reward yeah. myself with chocolates. All righty. So now let's talk about thanks, Carissa, for ruining my life. What inspired this book? It's an, a young adult novel. It is. It's a young adult uh, contemporary romance. It's a friends to lovers romance. And I actually wrote the first draft of this book, Emma, um, about 10 years ago is when I wrote the first draft. And it's gone through many revisions since and it's changed a lot. But it was um, when I was in I was in graduate school getting my uh, my master's degree in fiction writing and everyone was writing very serious literary fiction. And so I was writing very serious literary fiction. Um, but I love, I, I loved, and I still love young adult fiction. And so I began writing this novel, um, like late at night, it was kind of just my project for myself. It was kind of like my secret fun project that I would just do, um, writing something that I loved without any pressure on it or anyone having to read it. And, um, my characters just, I have two main characters, um, and it switches back and forth between their perspectives. And I think it was actually maybe motivated. Looking back now, I can kind of see maybe that was where I got the idea was I was, I had just recently broken up with um, my college boyfriend. That was kind of my first serious relationship. So in the book there, it starts off with a breakup. Um, our main character, Carissa, breaks up with, with her boyfriend, Brad. And so I think maybe that was also an inspiration for it was just kind of having gone through like my first serious breakup for the first time and, and kind of having that, um, that sadness or, you know, thinking about that, um, relationship. And so, um, through the course of the book, you, you, you kind of get to see my character heal from that. And can you tell us a little bit more about Carissa and Rose? They were twin sisters and one of them was evil. Which one was evil? <laughs> yes. So Carissa, it's kind of an interesting, um, 
I guess, triangle. So Chris says that her name's in the title. Thanks, Carissa, for ruining my life. She is the evil twin, though I still have a fond place in my heart for her. I feel like she's just um, sometimes uh, goes about things the wrong way. But uh, she is actually not a point of view character in the novel. She kind of wreaks havoc on my two main characters' lives. So one of the characters is her twin, Rose, um, and the other is her ex-boyfriend, Brad. And so she's, I, almost, I think of it like a triangle where we don't get her perspective, but her actions definitely have a big influence on my two main characters. And she's kind of like the linchpin that at the beginning of the book connects the two narratives together. So what were some of the challenges in writing this book? This was the first book I ever attempted to write that had two point of view characters. I really enjoy reading that structure where we got to jump back and forth between um, two characters and see the ways that they might experience or see a certain situation mm -hmm. with two different perspectives. But it was challenging to write as far as um, plotting out the book and wanting to make sure that the perspectives were balanced. I think I'm more similar to the main character, Rose. And I found myself when I was first drafting, I had many more chapters from her perspective than I had from Brad's perspective. So trying to get to know him as the main character better and then um, trying to make sure the timeline lined up and that their um, their chapters felt even and balanced and um, just keeping that moving forward through the book. That was definitely a challenge because I think of myself not as much of a plotter. And so it really challenged me to plot things out and, and to yeah make sure that everything worked together. So what sets you apart from other authors in your genre? Ooh, what a question, Emma. I don't know if I've thought of, um, thought of that before. What sets me apart from other authors in my genre? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I would say I really, I really love character. So whether I'm reading a book um, or writing, I feel like character is definitely where I, where I start. Um, and I have been really pleased to hear from early reviewers that, um, who say that the characters do feel really real to them and um, and that they were able to relate to the characters, even if they're not a teenager themselves anymore, but that it like brought them back to their teenage days. Um, I do a lot of uh, writing teaching with teenage writers. So I like to lead writing classes for teens. And um, I think that maybe helps sometimes. I remember my own teen years pretty clearly, but also just, um, getting to read the writing of other young people and like interact with them frequently and have them as my early readers. I think that does kind of help, um, hopefully my characters feel very authentic to the teenage experience. Yeah. So what are the major takeaways from, thanks Carissa. The major takeaways that I hope that everyone um, takes with them after reading the book is this idea of loving and accepting yourself for, for who you are and that the people in your life um, who matter will, will love you and see you um, for who you are too, that you are enough exactly as you are. Um, and that if there are people in your life who don't see that or who don't make you feel that way, um, that you should find some other people who do. Um, and I, I just, that's something that really, matters a lot to me. And when I think back to my teenage self, if there was something that I wish I could share to her, it would be that message that, you know, you are enough exactly as you are. You're beautiful exactly as you are. And, um, you know, 
have the courage and the confidence to, to be your own authentic self and, and to pursue what you love. Okay. So what do you feel you have learned about yourself from writing this book? A lot, a lot about myself. That's a great question, Emma. And I, I really believe that every book that we write teaches us a lot about ourselves. I, I feel strongly that um, we are all different people at the end of a book writing journey than we were when we first started that initial draft. I feel like in the same way that our characters go through that journey, I think mm -hmm. we do as well, this journey of transformation. And, and this novel in particular, having written it and rewritten it over, um, over nearly a decade, I think I can track my own growth um, with some of those themes that I mentioned, you know, those ideas of, of like self-acceptance and self-love um, and food freedom and just like celebrating my body for, for its strengths and everything that it can do. I think when I first started writing this book, I was, um, I wasn't quite in that place of feeling uh, just happy and confident in myself and really celebrating my body for, for the way that it takes me through the world. And for, you know, it, it's, it has hiked mountains and, and gone on wonderful camping trips and explored the world. And just like how amazing that our bodies let us do all of these things. And so I think, um, going through that journey with my characters really helped me, um, come to that, that realization. And then also it's interesting, Emma. So I wrote my characters, years before um, I met the man who is now my husband. But I do feel like there's a lot in the um, the relationship there of just like acceptance and, and kind of being someone that you love, but also a dear friend, like having that friendship in there too. Um, but I definitely see in my relationship with my husband. So it's kind of neat how sometimes they say that life imitates art. I almost feel like I wrote a relationship that I was looking for before I found it in my real life. That is nice. I love that. Very cool. What is the funniest or the most interesting thing that has ever happened to you during an in person authors event? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. What a great question. Um, let's see. An in-person authors event, the funniest and most interesting thing. Um, I don't know if I really have like a super funny story. Um, but as far as interesting, I will say something that I, um, take with me is when I was 16, I went to a writer's conference in um, my local area and Ray Bradbury was one of the speakers there. And he's one of my favorite authors. I love Fahrenheit 451. And um, it was really amazing to get to see him um, live, you know, speak about his work. And one thing he said um, afterwards, we got to wait in line and have him sign our books. And um, I asked him, what is your biggest advice for an aspiring writer? And he did not hesitate. He looked at me with these just bright eyes and such a big smile. And he said, um, write with passion and write with love. And that's just really stuck with me that, that idea of, you know, writing with love and writing with passion and sort of remembering why we fell in love with writing in the first place. I feel like he still had that, you know, in his eighties, he, you could tell he just oh, like wow. loved the imaginative process of, of creating stories. So, so that is, uh, I guess, interesting and inspiring. And I hope that, that I'm able to continue writing, you know, into my old age and, yeah. and still have so much love for it. 
So what, what is next for you as far as publishing in 2022? 2022 is, yeah, it's an exciting year for me. So, um, so thanks, Carissa. We, we are recording this, Emma, on January 12th. So it's a little bit less than a month until my Thanks, Carissa novel uh, comes out. It comes out on February 8th. So I'm deep in the trenches of sort of pre-order and publicizing that right now, which is really exciting. And then in um, June, at the end of June, I have a short story collection coming out um, mm -hmm. called How to Make Paper When the World is Ending. And the funny thing about that, Emma, is at the beginning, I mentioned how Thanks, Carissa, for ruining my life was my secret fun project during my, yeah. my master's program. This short story collection, um, it's more of a literary short fiction for adults. And those were a lot of short stories that I was working on in the program. And I think I, I used to feel like I had to choose one or the other, like I could either write adult, you know, fiction for adults that was more serious, or I could write young adult Um and that is not true. That was, that is a myth I had in my brain for some reason that I like could only write one, one thing. And so I wish that my past self could see 2022, that I actually have two books coming out in, in both of those genres that I love and that I didn't have to feel like I had to choose. And that I think for all of us, you know, we can give ourselves permission to write in a multitude of genres, whatever our heart feels feels called to explore, and that that's okay, like that's that's wonderful. So, um, so it definitely feels like a culmination of of a lot of years of dreaming coming true this year. That's an amazing insight, which you just mentioned, because I I went through the same thing that I really I only work in one genre. I couldn't switch between, and now I know I can. It's just a matter of changing your mindset. It's so freeing, isn't it? It just yes. feels like it opens up when you have yes. that realization. I do agree. All righty. Would you like to read for us, Dallas? Yes, I would love to. So I'm going to read um, from the beginning of, of the book. This is a section from my character Rose's perspective. Okay. In my normal life, I would be going shopping with Holly for school supplies right now. We both like to start a new school year with brand new supplies. There's something so hopeful about freshly sharpened pencils and crisp sheets of lined paper. Holly didn't come with my family to the airport. She said it would be too hard to watch me walk off through security and then have to drive all the way home with my family. There's no way I could drive myself. I'd be bawling too much, she said. And that would be so embarrassing to be crying like a baby in front of your family. The real reason is that Holly didn't want to cry in front of Carissa. Holly and Carissa have never gotten along. Carissa thinks Holly is boring and whiny, and Holly thinks Carissa is a judgmental control freak. Holly was right that she would have cried too much to drive. She crumpled into tears when she came to my house to say goodbye the night before I left. When I saw how distraught Holly was that I was leaving, it was hard to stay mad at her for going along with the intervention. I'm really going to miss you, Rose, she choked out. I don't know what I'll do at school without you. I can't imagine being at school without her. On the few days she's been sick and I had to get through the day alone, I was even more self-conscious than usual. There was no one to pass notes to in the hall, no one to laugh with about random jokes, no one to commiserate with about our English teacher, Mrs. Ostertank. I ate lunch all by myself in my car. I told Holly that I ate lunch with Carissa so she wouldn't feel bad about me eating alone. 
But as lonely as it is to eat in your car, eating lunch with Carissa and her group would have been even worse. To Carissa's friends, I am the definition of loser. They smile fake smiles at me and then return to their conversations about parties and gossip. The one time I did eat lunch with them, Carissa and her boyfriend Brad were having an intense argument, completely wrapped up in their own drama. The girls all gave me disgusted looks as I ate my sandwich. One guy, Leonard, offered me his Fritos, and when I said, no thanks, they all laughed. If I had taken them, they would have laughed too. The only one of Chris's group I can actually stand is Brad. Carissa thinks he's a slacker, but he isn't, not really. He works hard at the things he's passionate about. Like comedy, he's put up all these videos on YouTube of his stand-up routines, and he's really good. He has this one joke about different animals at the zoo that makes me laugh so hard I snort. I tried explaining it to Holly, but it's only funny when Brad tells it. Brad came with my family to the airport to see me off. He gave me a hug goodbye and told me not to forget about him, which was kind of a weird thing to say, but also kind of sweet. Or maybe he was just trying to be funny. With Brad, it's sometimes hard to tell. And that's where I'll stop. Thank you. And now can you give us the details of your book giveaway? Yes. So I'm excited to be giving away a signed copy of my novel, Thanks, Carissa, for Ruining My Life. Um, it doesn't come out until February 8th, so it'll be a little bit of a delay of when you'll get the book. But I'll also throw in, I have some little bonus goodies, like some stickers and a bookmark that I'll send your way. Um, yeah, it was fun designing them. So um, so all you have to do is send me an email with the subject line uh, podcast giveaway. And um, should I give my email? address now, Emma, too? Yeah, so my, my email is my name, Dallas Woodburn, D-A-L-L-A-S-W-O-O-D-B-U-R-N at gmail.com. Excellent. Thank you. And now I would like to thank our sponsors, and that's Doc Chavent and Digital Quill Services for Writers with author Colleen Nye. And now parting shots from each one of us, from you, Dallas, give us your parting shots. Well, my parting shot is, um, is just to write what you love um, and to give yourself that time and that space to write, that it's a gift you give yourself, even if it's only just a sliver of, you know, 20 yeah. or 30 minutes, you're worth it. Yep. And my parting shot, by indie, read indie and write indie. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being on the show, Dallas. Thank you so much, Emma. It was a treat.